0: Welcome to the Volpreneur Podcast Channel. Today, we're talking to Nima Romy, who is a chiropractor and educator specializing in helping individuals and professionals get to the root cause of their physical and emotional challenges, from stressed, depressed, anxious, to living powerfully, aligned and on purpose. After building a successful chiropractic practice in Maple Ridge, Dr. Nima sold his clinic in June 2016 to pursue his passion of teaching and coaching professionals, who are stressed, depressed, and anxious to transform and have their best year ever in a private and corporate setting. He's also integrated mind body tools in his quest for healing stress related disorders in one simple follow the method, the overview method, which we're going to talk about today, which concludes his adjustment above the Atlas. It's interesting. And he teaches one-on-one in all groups and in the world, engaging and educating lectures filled with inspiring authenticity and edutainment. Yeah, it's very interesting, the old edutainment mm. thing. So, so yeah. welcome to the show. I'm really happy to see you. I was having a quick look at what you do, and I'm very impressed.
1: <laughs> it's cool to be here. I love this conversation.
0: Cool. And so our predominant market is entrepreneurs, so I'm going to sort of ask you questions around that. But I mean, the reality is that people are people at the end of the day, it doesn't know mm-hmm. what to do
1: well wow. entrepreneurs entrepreneurs have a very high uh, level of uh, emotional challenges, mm-hmm. mental illness suicide uh, It takes a special type of individual to become an entrepreneur. You have Definitely. to actually what i 've observed is that entrepreneurs come from a uh, a background where they don't like um They don't want to submit, subordinate to some sort of an authority. In other words, they want to become their own authority. So there's this resistance uh, between, you know, authority and wanting to be their own boss. So there's a uh, kind of a a mental struggle that goes along with that. So I love being able to help people integrate that.
0: Yeah, and it's actually quite interesting because we're working on a project with a client at the moment about a book called Executive Loneliness. And, and he has this kind of similar thing, a story about, you know, the fact that it's a very, can be a very lonely environment when you're an entrepreneur and being mentally tough is sometimes hard. Um, Oh yeah. and um, Those little voices in your head sometimes
1: (laughs) will beat you. Yeah. High levels of uh, bipolar, high levels of addictions, Mm -hmm. uh, suicides. Uh, This is a very real thing. And um, I found kind of like the root cause. Yeah, absolutely. There's usually a a fractured past that happened Mm -hmm. uh, that causes entrepreneurs. It's like in the DNA of the entrepreneur is some sort of a trauma that had you not really wanting to bow to any authority other than yourself and the ironic thing. And so it's like they want freedom. They want freedom from structure and authority, whereas their own freedom comes from being able to create structure and authority over themselves. <laughs> so it's a paradox.
0: Yeah, and then you get caught in this situation where you think you're going to be your own boss, right? But what all that mm-hmm. ends up happening is if you've got a client base, you actually have a bunch of little bosses.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's actually
0: yeah. worse sometimes than having one yeah. guy that's got one theory.
1: <laughs> yeah, you go for freedom and then you realize you have a whole new series of constraints.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's the, that's the hard part is that mentally, you know, keep keeping mentally tough.
1: That's the most important is what I've observed. It is the single most important factor of the entrepreneur that unfortunately we put as the last is that that level of making sure that your mental and emotional self has a strong foundation, Mm -hmm. physical, mental, emotional self without that as the foundation. Everything else falls apart, which is the opposite of what most entrepreneurs do is we make that the least priority because we think that everything else has got to happen first. And then we suffer from burnout, addiction. We, 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 uh, we reach our goals. Even worse, we reach our goals we hit those targets and reach our goals and then go shit i am completely sick i'm miserable i'm divorced i have my relationships are gone my kids haven't seen me in a long time and so it's just never-ending loop until you hit that pause button and then you really learn how to go inside and that's what i love helping people with
0: so do you see a lot of of, a lot of entrepreneurs where they've they've got it right the first time? Like, do you think they, they usually go through this process? It must like got to happen to you to a degree before you appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, every, I mean, every entrepreneur goes from a place of, you know what, where I'm at, I have this dream of something greater. So you make the big leap mm-hmm. and you uh, whatever, do bootstrapping or investment or whatever, and you follow this vision of yours and you either become super duper successful right away. Yeah. Which is what happened to me mm-hmm. and your ego gets the better of you.
0: Yep. You start believing your own ego. <laughs>
1: you start believing your own ego and then you have a massive crash, a wake up call that you're not the shit like you thought you were <laughs> or the opposite happens, which is it's a, a grueling climb of which you want to give up like 5 million times. And, uh, if you were, you just, you know, uh, have the intestinal fortitude enough to persist, then finally you get there. But at what cost? Mm. Your health, uh, your relationships, you know, so I've seen both. I've experienced both. Mm. And so I finally come up with kind of a methodology uh, that really helps you regulate yourself. I discovered you know, the most important skill for an entrepreneur to learn is to become trigger proof. is to learn how to self-regulate your emotions. Uh, If you do, if you don't, um, you don't know how to handle money. If you don't, you can't handle a team. If you don't, um, you're you're crap for your clients. If you don't, you lose sight of your vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is the most important thing that I've discovered, and that's how I've taken my background as a chiropractor and brought that into the work I do with coaching, which is to really help people learn how to self-regulate
0: so let's dig into this a little bit because you talk about an overview overview experience so Mm -hmm. what essentially does that mean is it is it you're taking a big picture view of yourself is that the kind of approach or
1: good good question Mm. so if you look if you can see um on the the picture behind me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: can you see that what is that
0: Looks like someone like the moon to me, or maybe it's no, it's right. from the moon to the Earth. Yeah, I'll we'll see now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So I have that. That's a, So that's the first photograph ever taken of the planet. Wow. That was Christmas of, nineteen, uh, I believe, nineteen sixty-nine.
0: Yeah, it was four. Christmas. It <laughs> would have been about four then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the Apollo mission where Neil Armstrong, they went to the moon. And so that picture, you can look it up online. It's called Earthrise. You can oh, Google it. Right. So it's the first picture. And, and so what happened is when the astronauts would leave the planet, they would get this perspective. It's like, oh my gosh, like imagine you're in Sydney, Australia. I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia right now. And we forget that we're just, we're, all, we're both there. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, I'm in Vancouver, this is the street corner, but in fact, from when you look at us, from this perspective, there's no separation, there's a different view, right? And mm-hmm. so, the astronauts would come back with this weird spiritual experience, which is a shift in conscious awareness. That shift, that cognitive shift of conscious awareness, there's a word for it, it's called the overview effect. Right where when you zoom out and take a 30,000, 100,000, you know, one million foot view of yourself, you don't see the same thing. You see something totally different. Mm. And that is called the overview effect. And so what I discovered with working with patients all all of the last 18 years was that people actually, in order for them to truly heal, you must first begin by looking at yourself from a 30,000 foot view and asking yourself some very powerful questions which shift your perspective and your context of who you are Mm -hmm. and understanding of how you got here and how your understanding of how everybody involved in your narrative got there so that you now can approach your challenges from with wisdom. And so the overview method is a process that I developed, a methodology where you uh, it's a simple to follow kind of self-inquiry tool that unites the mind and the body to a felt sense of unconditional love and gratitude for your journey from this perspective and an awakening of a vision for yourself that's beyond just yourself and the here and now.
0: Gotcha. So it's like a helicopter view really it's like you're taking that big view even
1: mm, even even further further, get out further yeah even further than than your helicopter view Mm. it's we're talking we're talking astronomical view of yourself (laughs) and staying embodied in that and choosing that you're going to have that adventure i have if i can calculate in, in reality i have probably 40 to 45 years left on this planet, right? And okay. so the neat thing is, the longer that I can stay in this overview perspective, rather than being sunk in by the hormones of stress into the ho-hum-do-drum minutia of the day, mm. which is where my where my mind will go when I get triggered, yep. uh, I lose sight of that vision, uh, the more that I can stay in that, the more of a say that I have in the creation of my my world, in my re, in my reality, in my my relationships, my business, the types of clients that I serve, um, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, yeah, it sounds interesting because I mean, I think you know, like a, we have a similar scenario when I was looking at your website and stuff, and and then the, that a lot of people who develop websites don't necessarily actually even look like them, right? So the whole website's not even them, someone else's idea of them. And in a lot of cases where they haven't really got a picture of who they really are or what they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and it's interesting kind of effect because every time we've gone through this process with, with someone developing a new, you know, new platform for them or something like that, we always see this kind of shift. They suddenly realise that they can't quite explain <laughs> what they do properly. And, and it's almost like it creates this kind of unsettling method of, of going, well, well, hang on a minute, I don't even know what I'm doing. Totally. And, and, sort of, and then, of course, that can go the other way too because then they get depressed about the fact that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an opportunity to actually discover something yeah. that you haven't even looked at before.
1: If you're an entrepreneur, you can't start with a website. You must start with a 30,000 beyond foot view of – You got us the best place to start as to evolve as an entrepreneur, evolvepreneur as it's called here, is (laughs) you want to evolve, you got to get out of your body Mm. and and ask the question, what do I want to feel when I take my last breath on this planet? Mm. And start to work backwards. Okay, so what impact do I want to make? What are my values? What are my strengths? So you must unpack and uncover all these questions and when you, as soon as you make a declaration of what you want to accomplish and what you want to impact you want to make with your business, um, because most of the time it's like, oh, it'll be about making money. Well, yeah, that's not going to actually do it. It's got to be about what's the impact that you want to make. As soon as you make that declaration, all of the old stories and narratives about why you're not worthy based on your traumas are going to show up. Mm-hmm. And it'll be an obstacle in your hero's journey. It's kind of like the refusal of the call. You know, when Morpheus tells Neo, you're the one, and Neo keeps saying, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, you know, in the Matrix movie, mm-hmm. uh, this is really what it's about. It's about you owning the fact that you are the one, but you must embody that. You must step into that. So your journey as an entrepreneur is, and your trajectory as an entrepreneur will be, the degree that you can embody your mission statement yep. and when i say embody there's a difference between you when i when I, if i'm working with you uh and i hear you you say yeah i help entrepreneurs so and so and get better messaging and all this stuff versus you look me in the eye and i feel it from you saying i help entrepreneurs reconnect to their soul of why they're here mm mm-hmm that is totally different than I build a bunch of websites and da, 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 da. So you, in order for your, your business to really thrive, you must connect with the soul of it first. Mm. No, you and don't. you gotta get over the story that this is a bunch of wooey bullshit mm-hmm. because the only entrepreneurs that have deep, deeply made an impact, like when you watch Elon Musk on an interview, yeah, say what you want about him. It's yeah. a bit of an Asperger's and a bit on the spectrum. Sure, okay. But when you you hear him see, when you hear him talk about what we're doing to the earth and renewable resources and energy and he bursts like he he's got to fight back the tears. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, oh, he's the reason why he's so successful is because he's connected to the soul of why he's doing it. Mm -hmm. And that must be before you get into a website. Before you get into doing any website, that must be where you begin. Otherwise, you'll do your website and it will feel inauthentic. You're doing it for the sake of doing it. And it's going to come through in your messaging. It's going to come through in your voice. It's going to come through in your interview. People are not stupid. They can spot bullshit. Yep. They can spot a right bullshit. Of <laughs> yeah. Like like in your voice, if you're reserved and you're not you don't have this right. When you speak, there won't be any power behind your voice. There won't be certainty in your client calls on your discovery calls. You'll be hoping for approval rather than coming from a place of overflow gratitude, saying, are you ready for this vision? Mm-hmm. Because this is my vision. I want to make sure you're a fit for this vision versus will you please hire me? <laughs> There's yeah. a different perspective. And the difference is the degree that you embody your mission. Mm, mm. And it took me a while to get to the latter.
0: Yeah, and I think it is. I think in, in some respects, sometimes people go through these various different businesses too. So they, they kind of, you know, no pun intended again, as they kind of evolve into it. And I think yeah. that's, that's our journey as well. Like we went to one area, thought this was a good idea, went into marketing, Mm-hmm. Into book publishing, and then we moved into de- developing a platform because we realised we couldn't make a difference in a larger scale mm. by just doing a book. Like there's too totally. much, too many
1: working, working parts. Yeah, the book do. is just the beginning.
0: Mm, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how do we? And, you know, that, and that's a lot of authors they got. Oh, that's the end of it. I've, I'm too tired now. I've written this book, right? But that's really the start point when you. That's say, the starting yeah. point. Yeah, and they're usually too tired. Sometimes they're too tired to keep going, and they forget about yeah. the book. And I think that's the the trick is to say, okay, well, what's the big picture here? What am I trying to achieve from this book? Exactly.
1: You're too tired. And if the end stage is to write a book, then what? No, the book must transform lives. Then then your mission, see, the goal is to finish a book. Mm. But a mission, a goal is something you work to. Yep. But a mission is something you work through. It's never finished. The book is just a stepping stone. Exactly. What's next is getting the book in as many people's hands. The next is to create a, a retreat or a program for the people who've written it, who want some support, somebody to hold them ha- their hand, to so mm-hmm. create an offer at different levels and tiers where people can participate in the outcome that you promise in that book. Mm-hmm. That's being on mission
0: mm-hmm. versus yeah,
1: exactly. just setting goals. Yeah. And I think you that's can the, see it in the person. And
0: that's the interesting part. Like, if you see, you get people like, I suppose you talked about something about not being worthy. And I think that's probably what happens a lot of people. They, their, their actual vision or what they want to do is, is smaller than it need, could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that I've been you,
1: guilty of that.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. kind of think, I can't make that much of a difference or I can't, um, you know, I can't do that. And you look yeah. at other people who, who um, like we, we did a book once for a client that actually went through 12 months of chemo. She was only 17. She got diagnosed with this, of this uh, disease or cancer that would basically was going to probably kill her. And she had like a 5% chance. So she wrote this book while she was doing chemo. And I say to clients, I say, look, if she can write a book while right, she's going through 12 months of chemo, can you imagine how hard that would have been? Then anybody can do anything, right? Because to get up in the morning and keep writing or keep doing stuff like that in a, in a potential situation where, and I mean, she eventually actually came through it and, and survived it and is now, you know, all clear. But the thing is that I think the book probably helped her get a bigger picture of what she was trying to achieve because at the end of the day, she was trying to leave a legacy. And I think that, that may, may made a difference in her whole therapy in the end of the day in her mindset.
1: Of course. That's, it. that's the fun. That's the part of, part, part of the transformation, mm. okay? And listening to you describe that transformation, that's your, jo- that's your mission, mm. Mm. you know? And when you, and here's the key part, as you, uh, John, the more that you connect with that feeling mm. of what you were able to help with her, and you connect with that feeling every single day what's going to happen is you're now connected to a vision that's higher than just you yep. and now that drives you and when things aren't going well you have that to go back to mm-hmm. and you're now consciously connected to your why you i mean you can sit here and talk about marketing and all this stuff your greatest marketing strategy is connecting to your why Mm. every single time you put out something mm.
0: Mm. true yeah and 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 being genuine about it and authentic cuz i think it. the problem is the world is full of of you know deceit and lies if you like so the reality is, is being authentic and being real is, is what people yeah. you know, people vote that way right
1: well <laughs> And the thing is that for good reason, it's full of deceit and lies. I mean, we were born, when you're born, you have to choose, you know, we are put in posi- we're conditioned to choose uh, attachment and approval over authenticity. Because if, if I, you know, express my needs or my feelings or my true self, I've ex- I had the experience of having love withdrawn from me. So I've been conditioned from a young age to put aside my true feelings and my authenticity for the sake of approval Wrong. as a child, right, and, and family dynamics. And then it happens in school, and then it happens with relationships, and it happens throughout our lives. And then we hit our 20s and 30s and 40s and go, I don't know who the hell I am. And we try to start businesses Mm. without knowing who that is. Mm. And so that's where burnout happens. That's where, um, you know, constantly jumping from one project to another, looking for that, so that we can distract ourselves from the real work, which is to first and foremost reconnect and heal our wounds so that through that healing, your purpose and your vision and your big why emerges. Those are the most powerful entrepreneurs when they take the time to do that. The biggest obstacle to doing that is I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm too busy, I'm too I have so much on the go. I can't just take a weekend away and just go inside and heal that. And so many entrepreneurs are now you know, they're finding that, that that's causing burnout, health problems, relationship challenges, one divorce after another, after another. I mean, Elon Musk, successful successful uh, entrepreneur, three marriages, three divorces. That's he a lot of, lot of money to pay back out of your wealth, right? Exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's why, you know, my, my, the overview experience is a weekend where uh, entrepreneurs can come and just say, all right, I'm going to hit the pause button of my reality that's just mm-hmm. repetitive, yep. going around in circles, and I'm going to go and I'm going to use that opportunity to get it to a 30,000 and beyond foot view of myself, go back and see all of those old unworthiness stories that have stopped me, find the origin of them, go back and heal and reparent that younger self that was, that I, that was abandoned, as a child, or that I abandoned because I chose approval over authenticity, heal that and come out on the other side with a far more powerful, emergent uh, leader born within you. And so that's what I love doing for entrepreneurs now.
0: And I I think I read somewhere a long time ago was that most of what you think every day is what you think every day. Like 80 to 90% of what you think is the same thing day in, day out. And so those are basically strong... Th- threads going through your mindset, and then the end, end of the day, the stuff you're thinking it probably doesn't isn't that great. Anymore. Yeah,
1: or, and most of the time you're unconscious. Hmm. So the, the the way that we work with people is just to kind of get them conscious to the what I call the dark passenger, the old old narratives, and we start to create new ones, not just in the mind but also in the body.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean that's the thing. I think it's it's funny that we've suddenly in the last few years, it seems. That people have realized that there's a connection between the mind and the body <laughs> it's, you know, like, it's almost like a revelation you think oh well, hang on a minute that's pretty obvious isn't it now yeah you Back and think why didn't they think of that before like it's almost like they <laughs> treat the disease um yeah and the same thing like I, I mean i had bowel cancer a couple of years ago and one of the things that happened from that was that i noticed that the way the system works is that you really production line through this system so you go from one person to another they perform yep. their tasks and at the end they push you out the back, out the door and say, see you again, maybe again, later. Yeah. <laughs> see you next and time. It com- and it
1: completely lacks your story, your ecosystem, yeah, beliefs, the traumas you went through. Yeah. Your bowel cancer came from an old trauma that was unresolved.
0: Yeah, and I, and I pretty much know what it was. <laughs> now, looking back, I think, well, because um, we went through like a seven year war with a supplier. And so, you know, I look back and think, well, I probably, you know, a lot of that stuff was bought on by that.
1: The Um, anger, the bitterness, and the resentment—exactly
0: the stress, the
1: stress of it. Yeah, well, you get seven years of a legal battle is enough to destroy your health. So, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm of the I'm of the mind of teaching entrepreneurs tools of resilience so that they can take on those challenges not at the mercy of their not at the expense of their own health and Mm -hmm. well being. Mm -hmm. You must learn how to become trigger proof. So, John, if you had learned how to be trigger-proof throughout that process, you'd be able to alchemize that pain and that resentment and that resistance into absolute, like, power. Hmm. And that's, that's your work. That's your inner work, the journey from your head to your heart that will really catapult you to the next level.
0: And I think the turning point there was that when, when you realized through this whole process that we weren't going to win, so all through that war that we went through, we knew that it was just a matter of time. So we didn't have a situation where we ever knew we were going to win. We were almost like fighting a war because we had nowhere else to go. <laughs> and you're basically in a situation where you, you know you're going to lose. So you don't, you're don't you not really thinking well in that process anyway. Um, and, and We're just it,
1: fighting for the sake of fighting. Fighting
0: for survival. And I think that that basic level is where you, you probably do the most damage to yourself. Because you're actually, you're not looking after what you're doing and stuff like that. And I mean, at the time I exercised, i do as much as I could. But the reality was that underlying fear of knowing that it was a ticking time bomb, that someday it was just going to blow up in your face. Um, You know, and, and so it's interesting once we got through that process and I, you know, and I haven't had a reoccurrence or anything like that because I know now that that mental resilience and keeping on top of it and not letting it get to you is is a big thing. And I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily get that lucky, right? I mean, another guy came into surgery and to the doctor the same you know the same week and wouldn't take the tests and You know, had six months later metastasized. That's exact it. same problem. But the reality is, they did nothing about it, and they weren't caught early enough. So the reality was is that I think the the danger is is that you're not listening to your body um and i was in the end like i was just thought oh we're just getting old and tired of it (laughs) yeah
1: totally and so we are we are living in an epidemic of people that are dissociated from their bodies their feelings we do everything to sedate and we do everything to numb we seek it in a drink we seek it in an affair all to avoid the work of sitting with feelings Mm -hmm. and learning how to alchemize the feelings because we don't know how to be with feelings and so you can see that when a person is in their head all the time versus in their heart. And so this journey from my head to my heart has been a healing journey that when I look around, one hundred, almost 100% of people walking around are unconsciously separated from head to heart. And I look at them and I can actually see through. And my job is to get them reconnected to mm-hmm. their hearts. Over a weekend, we can do it.
0: So what do you think that's caused that to get that? Why is it? Because you know, too much like, I read read someone just recently that talked about the fact that when TV was invented, that their Mm -hmm. theory was that people would entertain themselves to
1: death. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, well, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. See, let's say you're a five-year-old and then you uh, experience your parents' divorce or you experience some sort of, you know, you watched domestic violence or you had it, you know, happen to you or there was some sexual trauma. The nervous system becomes so overwhelmed with stimulus and pain that it almost feels unbearable. So the solution is to detach and dissociate. That's one way. Boom. You detach and dissociate from feelings because it doesn't feel safe to be in your body. And so now you come up with strategies to dissociate from your body whether it be Netflix, TV, you know, all of the uh, drugs, alcohol, when feelings come up, we don't know how to sit with them and be with them and to allow them the space to breathe. So we dis- detach and dissociate. Another way that it'll happen is, um, especially in your culture, um, mm. w- what's your background? Is it European, English, British? Uh,
0: well, English originally, I think my, my background's are kind of a bit fuzzy, so I don't really know because I was adopted. But it's, it was an English background.
1: Um, okay, perfect. So here, here it is. I've worked with adopted people, and I'm not saying you because I've never worked with you. Um, the main challenge with adoption that we see is there. It, how old were you when you were adopted?
0: Um, I think I was adopted from the hospital, so I was a ward of the state for about five years. But I was actually adopted from the hospital, so
1: from the hospital. Now we might think that children uh, don't experience um, pain and all that stuff, but. If you're in utero and your mother went through stress, the, the baby downloads the stress hormones mm-hmm. <laughs> and experiences the stress of the mother. Wow. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that will hypersensitize your nervous system. That's a form of trauma. Mm-hmm. The birth itself is a trauma. Uh, a, a child being separated from his mother and then being adopted, you don't have a conscious memory of that. Mm because it's pre-verbal. It's before you had language. Because but I guarantee you, your body will have a memory of that.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. And so these are the moments where we are conditioned to dissociate from feelings. And let's say you're raised with parents that they were abusive or you had feelings come up and they, they told you, don't cry, John don't cry just it's it's in my culture they say don't cry like it's ugly don't cry what will other people think mm. and so in that moment i'm conditioned that these feelings that come up that i don't have control over are not appropriate and they're not validated so i am starting we all start and you we have it in our culture you better not shout you better not pout you better not cry i'm telling you why. Like all of those feelings and emotions Mm. are taught to be stuffed, suppressed or repressed. So all of a sudden we now have a a, a society, especially if you're Chinese, especially if you're Persian, especially if you're English, any cultural where a society is important, where keeping up with Mm. Stoic keeping up with appearances, especially if you have organized religion where there 's good and there 's evil, mm-hmm. so whatever that normal, whatever is evil, so no, we suppress that, mm. so you are now conditioned to suppress feelings and not trust them and not have them validated, so you don 't know who you are, so you don't you, you don 't trust them mm and so that's the beginning of the self abandonment and self self betrayal and we do it again and again in relationships we do it in our work and all of the impact of this not being resolved and integrated is a healthy is a healthy body that's destroyed a healthy mind that's fragmented relationships that potentially can be healthy become dissociated because now we start to repeat those patterns of betrayal in childhood because they're so familiar to our nervous system. We seek them out in other people in our relationships. And we go into these patterns of dating the same person, marrying the same person, uh, finding the same jobs. Oh, maybe I'll move to another country and going through the exact same thing. And It is all of these unresolved trauma. So the long story short, to answer your question, where did it, where does it all come from is trauma. Mm-hmm. unresolved trauma in the mind and unresolved trauma in the body. So I've created a method to resolve that.
0: That's interesting because at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely about taking that step back and looking at yourself when mm-hmm. other people see and you don't necessarily see.
1: Right. Uh, that's, that is the, one of the steps, but you're bypassing the most important one is to drop into the body and feel first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Feel what you're feeling. Feel the betrayal. Feel the fear. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. We want to avoid it. We want to do everything we can to not talk about it, not feel it, bypass it, and so the healing comes from first feeling it
0: because it 's interesting when because when I, when I was adopted, I never knew who my I never met my mother or anything like that, but we were where, my sister and knew who they were, and all that sort of stuff sort of kept a bit of track. but um, we accidentally found her a couple of years ago, about four or five years ago, she actually actually found out she was living in the same town as me, but not at the same time. <laughs> And anyway, we found her by accident, and she actually called me up. And the first question she asked me was, did I blame her? That was the first th- – so she was nearly 80 then. She was about to have her 80th birthday, and she probably had me around her 30s. So for 50 years, that question's been in her head, right? <laughs> did I blame her? And and so it's quite interesting how someone. How did you? Back how did you? Fellow.
1: What did you? What did you say? How did you respond to her?
0: I said I didn't because I didn't. I, I felt like it was it, the way it worked out for me was fine. I mean, yes, we. I had a lot of challenges when I was younger too. Who didn't? When right? I look back at what happened to her other kids, and the way that her other kids grew up, mostly were under a lot of pressure.
1: It was a blessing.
0: Uh, it was a blessing. I She did me a favour, right? <laughs> because at the end of the day, you I could f- did you thank her? Yeah. Did you thank her for putting? What is she thinking. still alive? She's not yeah. still alive. She? No, no, she's still alive. Yeah. Mike,
1: okay. So if you were a client of mine, I would actually get you to call her mm. and thank her for it. Right. Because that kind of puts a completion in the story, mm. in the narrative, and there's a healing. There's an energetic closure. That happens in your body when you can do that and provide that for her. Mm. You're contributing some healing towards her. Mm. And, John, what that's going to do for you is that's going to open your heart as well. And that's part of your healing, too. You're contributing to her. You yeah. just say, listen, I know I understand you've been holding on to guilt for so long. Mm. Please understand I un- I get that it must have been really difficult decision for you. Mm. I can see how difficult that must have been for a mother to give up their their child and what space and state you must have been in mm. to go through the pregnancy and to give that up must have been really difficult for you. Mm. And you must have been like a mother's guilt is just so real, right? So that they must have been on so, thick, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Towards themselves.
0: Mm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They lay it on thick towards t- towards themselves. So you would set her free by saying, I want you to know that was probably the most loving thing that you did. And I'm grateful. And I want you to be free of that. And just, just know that I'm grateful and say, if she's in Sydney, just say, is it's not too late for, for me to, you know, include you. And, you know, like I can still, I'm still your son. I always will be. Mm-hmm. You know and, and and to provide that is what we do because essentially most problems that you go through in your business is a rela- is a personal problem. Mm-hmm. And most of your personal problems are actually relationship problems. Mm-hmm. So if you can go back to your most primitive relationships, mom and dad, which you have fragmented fractured, you know stories of, which who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. but to go back and actually repair that, builds your foundation as a human being, which is a foundation for your business. Mm -hmm. So by you taking that time and taking your, you know, biological mother like out for coffee or whatever and saying, listen, I just want you to know ABC and what it must have been like for you. And she'll be, I guarantee you, she'll she'll burst into tears and say thank you, Mm -hmm. right? And then that will heal her heart and yours. Mm And so, those are the action steps. It sounds very uh, odd, uh, but this is the work I do with entrepreneurs. Mm. In fact, one of, uh, I remember one of my entrepreneurs is a, a really successful uh, construction uh, guy, have, has about a $5 million business uh, in, in Australia. And he was stuck and he wanted to get up to 10, up to 30, up to 40. And he's like stuck. And so we discovered that one of the, his CEO, he fired a CEO of his company about three, four years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. He fired a CEO of his company about three or four years ago. And uh, they, they, there was a court case that happened. And he hasn't spoken to him ever since. Mm. And just thinking about him makes him anxious. Right. So we did some work clearing some of the charges and the trauma of that whole difficult event. As you know, litigation mm-hmm. can be quite right. difficult. Mm-hmm. He went through that. So he's been holding on to the trauma of the litigation for years, right? And it's keeping him stuck in his business. So we went and cleared that whole trauma from it. And then his homework was to contact that old CEO and get complete with him. And he was like, freaking out. He was like, shit, no, I don't want to do that. He was scared. He's like, forget it. And I was like, you better do it. You've paid me a lot of money to coach you. R- <laughs> M- might I remind you uh, what you paid me? I, I de- you, I, you, I de- you must demand results, and these results won't happen unless you get complete. So we completed that. He called the guy and they had a conversation and he really just shared with him his inauthenticities. And just to say, look, you know, I, I know it didn't turn out well, but I'm grateful for this is the, this is what I learned. What was the experience like for you and kind of like what I asked you to do with your mother. He went and got that completion with him and guess what happened within two weeks of He's that conversation. <laughs> Pardon me? No, he didn't rehire him, okay. but he signed a $5 million deal. Uh somewhere else in other words that little constraint that little released that open loop in his past Mm -hmm. that was causing him anxiety whenever he thought about it he let go of that it was released it was like baggage that was dropped Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he saw possibility and opportunity and landed a massive like a five million dollar deal within two weeks Mm -hmm. i was like damn I didn't charge you enough. You've
0: taken a percentage. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was like, "Damn, I should have charged you way." But you got a deal for this.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah, you, you're right. And I think I, I think we see this in a little bit with entrepreneurs who start lots of businesses. Um, yeah, and and I've been guilty of this too. Like over the years, is that we start something, try something, and they end up with this whole lump of confusion that you never actually figured out who you really were, and focusing mm-hmm. on on what you're trying to achieve rather than keeping busy doing all these different things Um, that aren't coming into anything and then they're seeing through it anyway. So it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, totally. It's, it's good to have. And that's one of the things that, you know, I want to leave this conversation with is, is, um, is just to, to really get that, you know, get yourself a mentor. You cannot do this alone. Entrepreneurship is like being the lone wolf. Like I am grateful for my team coaches. Like I got, you know, like I like my coach, like, so, so I'm a coach to this uh, really high level entrepreneur in uh, a co- in, in San Diego. And I went to his event. He did a live event and his live event teaches coaches like me and you how to create events which I have events, but when I went to his event, I was like, damn, this is like 10 levels up from my event. So I hired his company to help teach me how to, (laughs) I hired my own coach to teach me how to run events. So, so we get like the high performers have not just one, but several coaches Mm -hmm. you got to decide. And this is like the number one investment is in yourself. Like you got to bet on you if you want to evolve as an entrepreneur.
0: Well, it's interesting actually. I did an interview with um, with a guy called Fred a couple of weeks ago, and he mm-hmm. he's like he's, he's worth a couple of hundred million dollars now, and he said he had a I think he said he had an emotional coach or something. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, that was interesting because he yeah. identified that he needs that, uh, that support for whatever reason. Well,
1: he didn't get well into here's that. the thing. That's exactly what I do as well. Because here's the thing, 18 years as a chiropractor and now a business person, I've gone through a divorce, I've gone through a collapse of my uh, business before, and my greatest constraint is your greatest constraint, is your inability to regulate your emotions. Mm. That's what I said earlier is becoming trigger-proof, learning how to become trigger-proof, Mm. is the greatest skill you can learn as an entrepreneur, as a parent, as a lover, as a human being. Because within that, you can create safety in your universe. Mm. Mm. So that others feel safe around you and that you create safety rather than expecting others to create it for you. Mm. You're the one that creates the safety because you create an internal safety mechanism. Mm. That's the whole point of becoming trigger-proof
0: That's nice yeah that's a great idea that makes a lot of sense mm, mm. cool so um we were just talking before you actually were in sydney and you're coming back again yeah so what how do people get in touch with you and sort of we're,
1: we're, we're a date for the overview experience coming up probably the first couple of weeks of september mm-hmm. uh this year but on my way it's on my website Uh, Way to get in contact with me. There are some amazing uh, resources there. Mm. Uh, Whether it be, you know, the main thing for entrepreneurs is the whole concept of transitional anxiety, the going where you are to Mm. where you would love to be. Mm-hmm. that transition you must take on a new identity in order to do it so I've mastered that whole journey uh you know a, a, of you being neo mm-hmm. emerging to become the one I take on the role of the Middle Eastern Morpheus uh that helps you kind of uh, emerge in that and that's the process of going through the transitional anxiety of becoming the one in your business and so we teach you how to do that in the weekend workshop so it's all on the website drnima.com and uh mm-hmm easy access to any questions or whatever, joining my Facebook group, the art of powerful alignment. And my Instagram is uh, there too at Dr. Nima. So there's several gifts there to um, kind of to watch and Mm -hmm. to uh, digest as resources. My trigger proof show is all on the website. So it's all there on the website.
0: I was actually looking at a couple of the shows there. It's quite, quite very well done. So I think, yeah, it's a great resource. Even if you just go there and have a look, and have a look at a couple of the shows. as we're very well done.
1: Absolutely. Pick, the, pick the, uh, the topic that interests you. It's all about um, mastering your relationship with yourself, really, mm-hmm. so that you can evolve and show up as the leader in your business and relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. Very well
1: it Ultimately very impacts your health.
0: Yes, it all flows off. It all comes together, right? It all comes, <laughs> comes calling if you don't do it right.
1: You bet. Mm.
0: So really appreciate your time. That's really a great session. Um, and, um, I hope to actually meet you soon, maybe, and, and maybe, yeah. Come and see yeah,
1: that would be an amazing, uh, experience for you. I promise you, uh, you'll, you won't leave the same individual the mm. Friday that you attend, you leave on Sunday, completely transformed it, with connected to your power, your why and excited about possibilities.
0: Nice. Great. All right. Well, thank you again for your time and um, I'll talk to you again soon.
1: See you at the next perfect time.